Do you feel like you'll never be married? Are you lonely? Or are you just tired of waiting for a husband? Dr. Stephanie Ricks, inspirational speaker and author of Prayers of a Single Woman, will give you encouraging words, scriptures, and motivation to live your best life while waiting on the husband God has for you. Hi, guys, and welcome to the Dr. Stephanie Show. I am so thrilled and excited about this show because we're talking about femininity. And I'm going to talk just a little bit about the soft life, but mostly about femininity and the biblical perspective of femininity, not the worldly perspective. Femininity is God's design and make. It is his precious gift to every woman. The key ingredient to femininity is surrender. So for example, a bride surrenders her independence in her marriage. A mother surrenders in a very real sense her life for the life of her child. And a single woman surrenders in a very unique way service to the to her Lord, to the Lord and her community. It's having a gentle and quiet spirit. It's selfless and it's, submitting, it's being um, um, submissive. And I talk about having a gentle and quiet spirit as well as being submissive in my last episode. So you all go back and look at that listen to that episode femininity is in essence it's a woman asking for nothing but what God wants for her do you know how powerful that is to say Lord I don't want anything I only want what you have for me so surrendering to Christ and saying I only want what you have for me God gives the women or gives a woman the ability to thrive and flourish in her own unique way. It's also about having an open heart and embracing what it is that God has for us. So let's look back at surrender just uh, just for a little bit. A believing woman truly experienced freedom to live only through her surrendering to God. Surrender means to yield voluntarily to the authority of another. So having complete trust in God demands the woman to relinquish all of her rights to direct the course of her own life. And by doing this, she affirms that God knows best. Also, femininity is embracing her beauty. God, which is God's given shape and design. This is where the self-love comes in. Loving yourself as you are and not as what you think you should be or how you think you should look. As you embrace yourself from the inside, you grow more beautifully on the outside. So it works. It starts from the inside and then that glow will come from the outside. A woman who embraces her God, her God-given femininity, understand she is gifted and empowered by God. She knows her value and she is very well trustworthy. So let's look a little bit, just a tad bit. I'm not going to dive deep into this, but look, let's look just a little bit into the soft life. 
So I believe the definition is living a life of comfort and low stress and relaxation. But from what I'm seeing, it's more so a living a luxury life. Now we know that luxury is very subjective, but not, I'm, I'm just seeing a lot of the young women believing that they don't have to work and everything is just going to be given to them. But it was never intended for us not to work. If we look at Proverbs 13 and 4, it says the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. So you can look at there's many women in the Bible who worked. You can look at Deborah. She was a judge. Ruth worked in the yard uh, or, or in the fields and Esther saved her people. So let's look just a tad bit into Esther's life to see how she used her femininity to get exactly what she wanted, right? Because women, we can use our femininity to get what we want and we're gonna see it through Esther. So in Esther 2 and 7, we know from the beginning that she is a lovely and beautiful woman. That We just talked about how femininity is beauty. It's embracing God's shape and design that he has given specifically for you. So um, starting off in Esther, the king, he made a decree and he wanted all of the young virgins to have beauty preparations to be crowned his queen. They were also under the custody of Haggai. Esther immediately pleased Haggai and obtained favor from Haggai. She was given extra maid servants. She was moved to the best place in the palace and she received a special menu as well as more beauty treatments. This is just off of her presence. So she received this again, just off of that feminine energy, that presence. So after all of the women received the, the, um, the fabulous beauty treatments or the beauty preparation after 12 months, they were all given whatever they desired to be taken to the king. So this is their time to, I guess, impress the king. And to see if the king delighted in on them. So if the, if the king delighted in a specific woman, she was asked to come back. Now in verse 15, we see that Esther, she did not take anything but what Haggai told her to take. Again, we see her femininity. We see the feminine energy coming out because she gained favor. Haggai did not tell any of the other women what to take. He told Esther exactly what to take. Now, Esther 2.17, it states, The king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head instead of Vashti. So her beauty alone which is a part of femininity 
allowed her to receive the crown. And remember, when I say beauty, what did I say at the very beginning of this? The beauty starts within and it grows and shines outward. But Esther also had great confidence. And this is another characteristic of femininity. Her femininity allowed her to save her people. So there was another decree that went out um, and Haggai, uh, Haman, I'm sorry, Haman was behind this decree and it was a decree to destroy all of the Jews. So Haman, and this was because Haman hated uh, Mordecai. Mordecai was Esther's uncle. So when this decree came out, Mordecai went to Esther and he asked Esther to beg with the uh, king and to plead with the king so that the Jews will not get destroyed. At this time, Esther had not been called in to see the king within 30 days. And everyone knew that if you were not called to see the king, if you stepped to the king or in the inner court, that it was a possibility that you could die. So she pretty much told her uncle, I have not been called in to see the king. And if I did, I could die. Mordecai quickly reminded her that this decree is out and do not think that you will escape the decree. So this is where her confidence kicked in. She told all of the Jews to fast, neither eat or drink for three days. After she fasted, we'll see in 4.16, um, she stated that she will go to the king and if she perish, she will perish. Now, after the fast, she put on her royal robe after the third day and she stood in the inner court. Now, this is her confidence in God and also her confidence in herself. Because she knew she had not been called to see the king within 30 days. And there was a possibility that by her entering into those courts that she could die. But after she fasted, she put on that royal robe, meaning she was looking good. She put on her best attire. Ladies, it is nothing wrong with you putting on your best attire to attract the things that you want, right? She put on her best attire and she sat and she stood in the inner court. The king saw her and she instantly gained favor in his sight. And he asked her, what do you wish what is your request? It shall be given to you up to have the kingdom. Now, this is where, again, I'm going to say this and I'm going to say this and I'm going to say this. Her confidence kicked in because she knew that it was a possibility that she was that she could die. But immediately she gained favor into the sight of her man. I should say. So Esther, she answered him. She said, if it pleases the king, let the king and Haman. Remember, Haman is the one who was behind the decree. She said, if it pleases the king, let the king and Haman come today to a banquet that I have prepared. 
the king quickly got Haman and they went to the banquet. At the banquet, the king asked again, what is your petition? It should be given to you. What is your request up to half the kingdom? It shall be done. So again, he's asking her again. So she says, and I'm in um, Esther 5 and 7. She says, it says, then Esther answered and said, my petition and request is if I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, then the king and Haman come to the banquet, which I have prepared for tomorrow. So she's asking the king to come to another banquet. Now, ladies, this is where she used and she chose her words wisely. She just did not go in for the request. She just did not demand whatever it is that she wanted. She chose, she allowed the Holy Spirit to speak through her. And remember, I talked about this in the last episode, in order for women to even become submissive, she has to have psalms and hymns and speak positively. She has to have positive language. So she didn't go in demanding anything. She chose her words wisely and she asked the king to come to another banquet. So at the other banquet, and I'm skipping a little bit because I really want to, you know, focus on. Um, on Esther, but at the other banquet, the king asked her, so I'm just going to say, I'm just going to read it. It's uh, Esther chapter seven. So the king of Haman went to dine with the queen, with queen Esther. This was the second banquet. And on the second day of that banquet of wine, the king again said to Esther, what is your pretension, queen Esther? It shall be granted to you. And what is your request up to half the kingdom? So this is where she comes in and she talks about how there was a decree that's been made to destroy and to kill her people. And there was an enemy, someone who's behind it. And the king asked her, who is this person? And she answered, the adversary and the enemy is this wicked Haman. When the king heard this, he was upset. We see in Esther 7 and 7, it says, And the king rose in his wrath from the banquet of wine and went into the palace garden. But Haman stood before Queen Esther pleading for his life, for he saw that evil was determined against him by the king. And he was definitely right because he was hung. When he was hung or after he was hung, Queen Esther gained the house of Haman. She then told the king that Mordecai was her relative. And remember the king, I didn't go over this, but the king remembered that Mordecai was the one who pretty much saved his life as well. So the king gave Mordecai his ring and Queen Esther then appointed Mordecai to be over the house of Haman. So she also, this is another, she also used her femininity again and she asked the king to revoke the decree. Now, if you know anything about decrees, once it's there, it is there. 
what the um, the king told her instead was for her. He told her instead, write another decree in his name and whatever is written will not be revoked. So that's how she saved her people. She wrote another decree. So women, the whole point of this podcast is for us to know and to understand how to embrace our femininity right? We don't have to yell. We don't have to scream. We don't have to act like a man. We really don't have to just be so demanding to get what we want. We just need to have a quiet and gentle spirit. We need to surrender totally to God and to say to God, I don't want anything but only what you have for me. This is embracing your femininity. This is thanking God for the shape and design that you have. This is loving yourself and not wanting to be someone else or not wanting to look another way. It's loving who you are. It starts from the inside and it grows from the outside. All right. So ladies, let's start embracing who we are. Let's start embracing our femininity and let's walk in faith and let's start to thrive and flourish throughout the life that God has created for us. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information or to contact Dr. Stephanie, visit her on social media at the Dr. Stephanie. 